Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck and uh, from the Oxford Astrologer, and I'm here with my friend Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com for our monthly confab about the stars and the planets and what on earth is going on, Sally. Oh, my <laughs> God. We've just been through the most uh, torrid month, haven't mm. we, um, already? <laughs> Mm. And um, I'm looking forward to talking about what happens at the other, you know, in Leo month coming up. Mm. Yeah. For you? Well, I mean, I went, I went, did go on holiday for a, a week to Greece, my beloved Greece. It always feels like coming home when I go to Greece, which is great, I suppose, in cancer season. So that was lovely. Um, and my daughter's been with me a bit as well. So again, a family theme. So all that's been really nice, but yeah, just the, it's the drama of what's going on in the world that is quite extraordinary. Yeah. And, you know, also seeing that from an astrological perspective. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. quite a lot happening. And what about you? Where are you? Are you <laughs> <safe>? <laughs> I am. I'm in, a, in a, hi- a hideaway in northern Massachusetts at the moment because um, I'm in doing a I'm in the States. Mm. I've been taking my daughter to a um, a summer workshop writer's workshop but we have had a very interesting it's her first time in america and uh we have we by accident we kind of got here fourth of july was our first full day here and we saw the we were in philadelphia the birthplace of the nation and we and so on america's birthday we were in her birthplace And we saw, you know, where the Constitution was discussed, where the Declaration of Independence was signed. Uh, We saw and by we saw Miss America in the parade, which was a a shot, a surprise. So and we went on an uh, a pro-choice rally um, briefly. We also saw someone who looked dead in the street and was being completely ignored by everybody. Um, so we were getting, we thought we'd got the full American experience already. And then we went to see the fireworks and we got caught up in an actual active shooting and had to run for our lives. So that was within 36 hours. And it was, it was a very intense introduction to America mm-hmm. for my daughter, who actually kind of loved it in a way. She certainly fell in love with New York. Um, where we went next, but the, and I just, the astrology is really interesting in that I thought, well, this is not, I didn't feel it was about me, but I did think, God, that's a very strange way to be introduced to a country with so much Americana, um, uh, kind of in your first few hours in a place, um, from, you know, Miss America to pro-choice from, uh, a shooting to sing, you know, singing the standing for the national anthem. Um, and uh, because my, you know, my kids are half American, I'm half American and they, I wanted her to know her identity, but the extraordinary thing was I hadn't really looked at her chart compared to the U S chart. And of course my child has got her moon is uh, the same as the American moon. Mm. So it's literally within a few minutes of the American moon and the U.S. Uranus, which is the planet of revolution, rebellion, awakening, mm-hmm. um, and is such an important planet for what America is, is this revolutionary place, um, is on her son. Yeah. So she was awakened by all of this activity right yeah. in front of her eyes. It was yeah. incredible. Um, and we've been recovering from that pretty much ever since. <laughs> Yeah, it's calmed down a little, hasn't it? It was quite a, quite yes. an, you know, an introduction, and and I think going to be an amazing life experience for her. Actually, this is you know, you get these defining moments in your life, don't you, when you're growing up? Um, yeah, it was a defining I, moment for I sure. This is going to be for her. It's going to be really important, actually. So wow, um, just incredible. And I mean, it has. You know, we've been talking a little bit about the sort of astrology. I mean, this Mars moving into Taurus, um, which it did on the 5th of July has just been kind of wild, hasn't it? And I was actually looking, I was looking back to when the last time it happened, 
Um, you know, and actually the last time Mars moved into Taurus was January the 6th, 2021. So it was the the riot, um, you know, the storming of the capital. So Mars moving into Taurus, is it takes no prisoners. It's kind of boof. It's yeah. on energy. Um, and it has been a really dramatic time around the world as well now you know, a few days after Mars in Taurus, so much else going on. Yeah, we've had two. Uh, we had goodbye Boris Johnson. Yeah. Um, and Shinzo Abe, the assassination of the of the Japanese prime. I mean, it's incredible yeah. um, that those two, I mean, Shinzo Abe is an actual world leader. I don't know what Johnson was, sort of world shambler. Um <laughs> World buffoon. <laughs> world buffoon. One world Bless buffoon him. is gone. Um, and uh, and then we had that, you know, the coup in Sri Lanka, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, been a lot of turmoil already, you know, since, uh, and Mars is not leaving. Uh, it's not leaving Taurus for a while. It's going to be in Taurus for the rest of this season. It is. It is. Although I, I kind of feel... And and again, you know, looking back in time, it's it's the move of Mars Marys into Mars in Taurus. It's just, you know, it's an incredible kind of, there's a lot of violence, there's, you know, it's warlike, it's revolutionary. And maybe that's also because, you know, Uranus was in Aries and then in Taurus. So it kind of is picking up on this igniting energy of Uranus, but really dramatic, really dramatic events going on. So, so we'll see. I mean, we, we will be talking more about this because it's um, in the astrology of the month ahead because it's really powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's gone. I was just going to say, and also the full moon. I mean, correctly, what a full moon. You know, the one that uh, the full moon in Capricorn, um, which was the exact date, was the 13th of July. Yeah, I mean, it's been really powerful, really powerful full moon. I mean, a lot of people actually feeling, I think, quite, you know, experiencing crazy energy on the full moon and very pivotal in the UK because it was the full moon in Capricorn when the new candidates for prime minister are being decided. Um, Do we know who they are? A bunch of... Not really. They're like like a joke game show, aren't they? You know, I think they're just a ridiculous bunch of people. Sorry to be so dismissive. Maybe some of the ones I've never heard of are actually lovely. Yes, we're not we're not fully informed, are we? No, <laughs> not fully informed. So the, you know, there might be someone good who comes out of the mess, but we'll have to wait and see. So again, that was you know this the full moon in Capricorn, really important. Capricorn, the government sign, full moon, make decisions. You know? yep. So so pivotal for for what's been going on. Yeah, so it's moved from a new moon to a full moon, mm-hmm. from the seed of having to do this uh, to the full moon of the fruition is uh, having to produce these candidates, giving birth yeah. to these candidates. Yeah, Ooh, that's quite a horrible image of giving birth to giants sort of adult Liz Truss followed by adult Rishi Sunak, you know, um, coming out of the uh, being born. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we shall see. So there will be another. Uh, to the next new moon, what happens with the UK pantomime. And I think it's early September when it's decision time or um, I did. I don't know. I mean, I really don't want to go there too much, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it was really interesting that the full moon was so pivotal during such an important week, actually. Um, But maybe we should talk about Leo's. Because we're wearing Leo colours, actually, aren't we? I, you know, me in yellow, you in orange. Look at us, lovely. You yeah. can't see us on the podcast, but if you're watching on video, you can. We're in Leo colours. So, uh, I love Leos. I live with the Leo. Mm, you do. Um, Leos are much maligned because people always think of them as show-offs and whatever, but in fact they are, um, you know, they have the – they're, it's an incredibly powerful sign because it's ruled by the sun mm. or the sun mm. in the middle of the zodiac. And mm. this can be overwhelming for other people. You know, they're too hot, too sunny mm-hmm. um, sometimes, but they bring life. You know, they are life givers, life makers, mm. life force. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I also, for me, it's kind of, you know, the, all the other planets revolve around the sun. And I often, I often see my Leo friends, you know, they, they just step into positions where they're just leaders and the rest yeah. of the group revolves around them. Yeah. <laughs> they and just have that really natural ability to, to take charge, to be the boss, to take center stage like the sun does every day. It's quite extraordinary, really. And it's not being the boss in a Capricorn style way either. No. Um, because a Leo working well actually makes other people flourish mm. Mm. and mm. makes other people grow or makes a company grow yeah. or a situation grow. When they're not, you know, working their sunshine well, it's not quite like that. They kind of um, have, can have a kind of opposite effect. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Nice. Their, their opposite sign is Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn as a cool, cool sign. But both of those signs are, you know, once they get, um, they're very good in groups, both those signs, mm. you know, and they, mm. they need to be active in groups sometime, somehow. Yeah, I think for Aquarius, there's often a theme of being an outsider growing up. I mean, mm. that, that's very common for Aquarius, but it is like once you find your group, find your tribe, then... You know, that's really important, that sense of being in community. Um, I mean, also another important thing for me with Leo is the light. Um, you know, Leos really need to shine because, again, there's this, you know, you often have what's a Leo like, oh, confident, powerful, playful, charismatic. You know, and some Leos go, God, I'm not like that. <laughs> you oh, do. Fine. You know, you get kind of shy Leos as well, and you get, you know, the quiet cat. And 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 a Leo does need a lot of stroking and a lot of adoration, a lot of acknowledgement, a lot of compliment to really shine. So I think it's often about, you know, when their light's dimmed, they become very, you know, they become very sort of timid sometimes. They're kind of timid. And they need that that light, either, mm. you know, the adulation that kind of brings them, brings them out and then helps them step into their their power yeah and they need purpose yeah actually i mean i think that we can um you know you can encourage leo as much as you like but if he hasn't or she hasn't got a purpose mm. then it's very hard for them as well they mm. need a, something to be working on mm. um maybe not with the same it's not like a hard working sign particularly but they need a, a project they need a purpose yeah yeah, that's true. I have to say one of my favorite uh, TV actresses of recent times is Elizabeth Moss. Oh yeah. Maid's Tale. There was I was just looking up about her because she's a Leo. Um and they're calling her the queen of peak TV, which you know <laughs> Leo the royal sign. I did yeah. think that was rather fabulous. She was in the West Wing, Mad Men, Handmaid's Tale. She seems to be in these series which are just become real cult and do extraordinarily well and she's I mean she's a brilliant actress yes did you, did you watch Handmaid's, did you watch Handmaid's Tale I did I watched the first series and then I thought I can't stand being any more time in Gilead and I'll just shoot myself well <laughs> yeah, exactly the same I watched the first one and then the second one it started to get really too scary for me and like yeah. oh, gosh no so yeah the first series was brilliant but I haven't watched any others I read the book back in the ninth, back in the day. I remember Me reading too. the book. Me too. Yeah. Brilliant book by Margaret Atwood. Scorpio, very Scorpio, I think. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Dark images. Uh, which is interesting, isn't it? That the, um, it, you know, speaking of Elizabeth Moss as the Leo at the center of that story, you mm. know, mm. the whole thing revolves around her. Yeah. Um, she's the sun in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And it's, it's interesting. Just thinking about Margaret Atwood as a fixed Scorpio. She's a fixed Leo. Um, that, that somehow that clash between the sun and the darkness of the Scorpio works and you get this interesting work of art. Mm. Well, so lots of other people involved, including mm. the incredible production design. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's, she, she was the when I was thinking about who do I know who's kind of, you know, out there at the moment. It was her who sprang to mind, Elizabeth Moss. Mm. So we're coming into Leo season. We are. And, uh, you know, I'm, it, what, the month ahead, it's, it's 
a curate's egg, isn't it? There's some very good things. Like the new moon is nice uh, on the 28th. It's looking good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's this, some quite tricky stuff with Mars, I think. Mm-hmm. And an interesting full moon coming up too. So mm-hmm. where should we start? Shall we start at the beginning and go start at the 22nd when the, the sun goes into Leo on the 22nd, I think? It does. It does actually. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Leo, when we're moving into Leo season in the Northern Hemisphere, it is the, the hottest time of year and we're having this incredible heat wave in the UK and all, I presume all around the world. I'm not, but I mean, very aware of it here in England. I mean, it's hot. The sun is at its brightest in Leo. Um, and also and- we've got um, Jupiter is stationing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually about to turn retrograde, which doesn't weaken it. It intensifies it for this, this period as it stations. So mm. we've got Jupiter in Aries, which is expanding that heat. It's making it even hotter. It's a very, very fiery, hot end to July this last yeah. week. As yeah. the sun kind of goes into Leo, we have, you know, um, Mars and Taurus, and we have Jupiter stationing. It's hot, hot, hot. Mm. And Jupiter stations actually in Aries on the day of the new moon in Leo, which mm. I actually quite like. You yeah, know, I like the station. It, and it's making a really powerful trine aspect during mm. this new moon as well. So it's kind of really motivated, um, hot, really- passionate energy, isn't it? It's really excellent for all the fire signs, I believe. You know, Sagittarius is going to benefit from this. Um, and I think Aries may as well, actually. Mm. Mm. Um, it's like you can, there's a sort of crystallization that can happen at a station. So, you know, all of that Jupiter positivity and um, expansion can come together and you can really push through with something especially, and it's interesting that's happening at this new moon. And then the new moon is in a fire sign also. It's in Leo. So you have this um, fire is about inspiration, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. initiative Mm -hmm. and um, enthusiasm. So it's all very enthusiastic, it seems to me. It's a very nice new moon. Mm -hmm. And combining, I mean, what do you think about that? Um, Jupiter in Aries. We've had it there since since May. Hmm. Uh, it's been interesting for sports, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It has. It's. I mean, I mean, when you talked about it on a previous podcast when when we had the Mars in Aries, the physical competitive planet, conjunct that Jupiter in Aries. You talked about records being broken, and that was the French Open when Nadal kind of you know pushed ahead once again, um, winning. French Open for 14 times. He's now got the most Grand Slams, certainly of the men, um, 22. So, yeah, it was record-breaking. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's that's what you can achieve, I think, with Jupiter and Aries. It's a real pioneer, trailblazer. It's, it's great energy because, it you know, you get that sort of optimism, that belief, that willingness to sort of push back the boundaries, take a risk in Aries, which is, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> let's do it let's go for it we can make anything happen I mean at its best it's kind of like anything's possible so I kind of feel that on the new moon the day when Jupiter turns there's there's you know you could be feeling that energy again the fire signs I think particularly strongly it's a really good new moon for you know taking a bit of a risk I think Um, for speculation but do it with some power and vim and vigor and you know and force too because it's in aries no namby pambying we want really yeah exciting projects wow we're brilliant (laughs) um and also i think it's interesting it's be interesting for librans this name they may well um uh you know it's it's good and bad as a curate's egg again for Libra's. It may be that you've got an adversary, like in a lawsuit, who's very powerful. Okay. Um, because of the Jupiter there. Uh, but it may be that you've actually hired a lawyer or someone who's really powerful for you. You mm. know, maybe a partner who's really powerful. It could but can work either way, either adversary or partner. And that's the 
check with astrology, right? Yeah. And that's why it's um, you need to see the individual charts. It's like, is this person in a power struggle with someone or are they, do they have a fantastic new lover? Could be either. Mm-hmm. But it's powerful in terms of partnership for Librans, for sure. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the other, for mm-hmm. sure, this particular new moon. And it, it could be to do with court cases, I think. Um, mm. And the other sign that, I mean, there are other signs. I mean, obviously that for Aquarians, this is also an interesting new moon. It happens in your sign of relationships. Um, you know, you could be seeding something new. It's a, it's a fresh start. Yeah. Um, and I notice also that it makes a conjunction to Ceres, the one of the planets of motherhood, um, of parenting or of abundance. And I think that's also a very good sign. So you've got these two planets that we associate with abundance, that's mm-hmm. uh, Jupiter and Ceres, making very nice contacts with each other. Mm. So it's kind of, uh, you know, there's what are you giving birth to, I suppose, is a a really good question to ask on that maybe you know i'm thinking for aries in particular because leo's fifth house children and taurus as well maybe um mm. because uh, leo is the family home sector for for taurus so you know it could be literal what are you giving birth to it could be a project or mm. uh, you know something a creative it could be a skill a talent a gift but there's there's a the real sense of what you're giving birth to with that you know, the, the, um, we were saying how Leo is a sign that's very much, it's a sign that has a lot of vitality, a lot of life giving. Mm-hmm. It's interesting for people to know where, you know, where the sun is in relation to their own sun during this Leo season, because there's a lot of vitality put into that part of their life. Yeah. You might especially feel that around this new moon because of the Jupiter thing. Um, so, you know, for example, you could say for, um, Pisces, it's just, it's maybe to do with your health. Mm. You you may feel it's a very good time that last week of July, uh, first week of August for you to, you know, be getting out there and doing some kayaking to be actually enjoying your body. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah. And also work and money for Pisces, actually. Well, I think so. Jupiter is Pisces planet in Aries, your money sector. So it'd be a great time to kind of apply for a job or um, put up your prices or something else that, that brings in abundance and luck into your life, actually. Um, I think for Scorpios too. I mean, this is, could be to do with career. You know, yeah. With the, this new moon, it's actually really useful for your career and, and t- especially in terms of abundance. And also maybe everybody else is on holiday <laughs> and you're getting, you know, you're doing, you're at the office or wherever it is. Yeah. You can get ahead, you yeah. know, or shine or be noticed yeah. if you need it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you know, being a Scorpio, Leo, I mean, Leo is the career sector for Scorpio. So it's a weird time to have the sun moving through your career sector when a lot of people just, you know, it does go quieter. A lot of people take time off or they go on holiday, um, you know, again in the Northern hemisphere, it's a traditional time to be away. Um, So in a way that kind of fits with the sort of slice more scheming side of Scorpio can say, oh, you know, the presenter's away. Maybe I'll just sort of <laughs> slip into the presenting role while they're on holiday and do it better. Yeah. Exactly. And then I'll get the job when they get back. So yeah, it's kind of That's really- the advice for Scorpios then. Just you know get out get your underhanded side going. Um <laughs> where can you shine? Yeah. At the same time, so, I mean, I think that's interesting for everybody just to have a little consider about what the sun actually does in Leo for them at this time of year. Yeah. And maybe also look back at other Julys and Augusts. Hmm. Um, of course, the other important thing that's happening is this conjunction between Mars and Uranus. Yes, which um, happens on um, August the 1st, but... So- We'll we'll also be feeling it at the end of July because Uranus is conjunct the North Node. That's exact on the 26th of July. But actually, for me, I think it's that August the 1st when you get the Mars-Uranus conjunction. Yeah. 
into yeah. powerful, revolutionary, dramatic. <laughs> Any other words we want to use? Um, yeah, I mean, volatile. explosive, volatile, hard to predict, actually. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you wanted to launch a rocket, I, you might choose to do it on that day or it might explode in space you know, as it as it launched. Mm-hmm. It is slightly accident prone, I would say, that Mars Uranus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mars is physicality, isn't it? And that Uranus just leaps in without thinking, really. They're both yeah. catalyst planets, aren't they? They're triggers. They're both triggers, catalyst planets. And Mercury is kind of squaring them as well from Leo. So there's a kind of tension around there. Mm. So I think for, you know, Taurus, Leo, um, Scorpio, and um, Aquarius, Aquarius, I think that that's, there's fixed signs. I think that that's quite a kind of crunchy moment, but it does mean it is a moment of breakthrough again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you might, I mean, the other thing that it could be is a brilliant idea, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, a, a, or it feels quite passionate to me, mm-hmm. you know, might really fall in love or, you know, or really feel passion for something. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I would think Tor- Taurus, um, or if you're Scorpio, have someone who feels passionate about you, you mm-hmm. know? Um, there's a there's a sense of something opening up or an awakening because we also think of Uranus as the planet of awakening, and mm-hmm. Mars is a match, you know, or Uranus is the planet of Prometheus of bringing fire down from the mountain, and Mars is fire itself. Yeah. So what fire is being brought down from the mountain? What you know, and th- that happens at that point mm-hmm. when those two make the conjunction is you know. Um, Uranus has the fire. And mm. I think back to that last time this happened, I think it's interesting that um, there was the January 6th, uh, um, whatever you want to call it, riot in Washington, D.C. Yeah, in 2021. Mm. In 2021, which is the last time Mars was in Taurus. First, when it went straight into Taurus, that happened. And then by the time it got to this point, it was Biden's inauguration. Yeah, on the exact day, actually. Um, which, I mean, I cannot say, I think that in some ways it was maybe not Biden himself that was this spark there. but and, and I'm not sure if it was an awakening exactly, but there was something important that happened on that day, which was that Kamala Harris became vice president. Mm. Um, so a woman of color a woman of color became mm. the vice president. And that was definitely a breakthrough uh, yeah. record set, a new uh, uh, and revolutionary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Uranus is, you know, it's the, there is this theme, isn't there? It's um, it's, it's liberation. It's kind of new trends. It's, it's kind of um, doing away with convention. It's bringing something new to the mix. Um, there is that theme of Uranus very much so. So exciting things can can happen when Uranus is is strong and powerful as well. It's about liberation as well, liberating yourself from the shackles. Yeah, um, liberating yourself from from the past. You mm. know, this is the planet that faces the future. Yeah, um, and you know, one of it's interesting also that I'm just thinking in the sort of more macro terms that. You know, we've had Pluto and Capricorn now for a really long time, churning up the past, digging in, um, doing the archaeology about the past, re you know looking again at how our structures of government work. But uh, Pluto is about to go into Aquarius soon, which is ruled by Uranus. Um, one of the it's a again it's a fixed sign, and we're and it's ruled by Uranus and part of it's being ruled by Uranus Aquarius is that it's a sign of the future, you know, Mm. Um, it's a sign that looks to the future. And I think that one of the important things with this Mars Uranus conjunction, and it makes a conjunction to the North node as well. um, Simultaneously, you know, that is very future oriented. Mm. It's a 
we've spent enough time maybe rewriting it because there's been a lot of uh, over the past decades, there's been a lot of rethinking what uh, of our history, you know, like the history of slavery, the history of, um, uh, uh, you know, women's history, Me Too, all of these things. We've really rethought them and come up with some new ideas about that stuff and really thought about our, that our cultures. Um, and actually, at a certain point, you have to stop being shackled by the past no matter how that works and you need to start thinking about the future and that's i feel this is one of the things about the mars uranus conjunction mm. and this, that works on a personal level and also a national level let's mm. okay right let's move forward yeah yeah it is it's it brings change doesn't it you know yeah. it brings change um i think both for really powerful conjunction for aquarius with Uranus being your co-ruler and it's in Taurus which represents your past so it really is you know what are you going to push to break free from actually what's holding you back you know it's it's kind of um turbo powered moving into the future and also I think for Leo as well because it's um career house so really important months probably for for Leo with all this you know powerful new moon and this Mars Uranus in at the top of your chart, career, vocation, future path. So again, it's kind of, you know, what 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 are you starting afresh? What's new that can liberate you from what's holding you back? Um, I mean, and that can play out many different ways, actually. And I think for the Earth signs also, Virgo and Capricorn, you yeah. know, Virgo, this is going to be about some new, you may literally be moving countries. Mm. Or going to live in a different place, live live in a different country. But it may also just be incredible ideas mm. that you're having. Your brain is exploding with thoughts, you know. And um, for Capricorn, again, it's incredibly creative. This conjunction, yeah, maybe on fire with creative creativity. Whether that's actually having children, babies, or your children may be on fire. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, it's or is there maybe some new life that's coming? Mm. Um. Mm. I think the other thing that's important to say about it is, and and I suspect that this will be a really powerful time for the money markets again, um, you know, because it's this Mars Uranus with it triggering the North Node, this picks up this these eclipses that we're in as well, the Taurus Scorpio eclipses. Okay, it's not eclipse season, but there's a re-triggering of the of where the eclipses are falling in Taurus and Scorpio. So, I mean, really, I think it's going to be a, a roller coaster ride for the money markets again around this Mars Uranus. And on a personal level, it's the signs to really think about, you know, uh, money is Aries and Libra because it falls in your money sectors. So what does this mean for you? Is it a time to take a, a risk on an investment? Is it a time to split off in some way to kind of secure your money? Or, you know, really watch out for what's happening that's unexpected as well. I mean, Uranus is, it is the planet that's often linked to unexpected events. So don't just sort of wing it around money. Make sure things are safe and secure. Do the Taurus thing of, you know, okay, how are things working out financially and embed things in, in a way, with the uh, Taurus energy. But it's going to be an interesting time for that as well, I think. I think it's incredibly volatile and hard to predict. Mm -hmm. You know, and I agree, but it's the whole money thing is actually crazy this year. Yeah. And then it gets triggered every now and then. And this is one of the triggers mm. um, because of the eclipses and because of Uranus. But now Mars comes along and triggers it, you know, so be careful. I, I wouldn't actually be taking risks. Um, I would be cautious. It, but isn't it, isn't it such you know this is this is astrology because this is this combination okay we could say you need to be a bit careful but at the same time we've got one of the best planetary aspects of the year taking place the sun jupiter trine um which takes place on july 31st and you know that's kind of that is a time i think to to take risks, to take well-calculated, well-thought-out risks. Or maybe it means that some people are going to win and some people are going to lose. That's I mean, exactly what it means. <laughs> Sorry, that is exactly what it means. Some people are going to win. Some people are going to lose. You risk if you have, if you can, do you mm -hmm. know, if you mm -hmm. can lose it, if you're happy to lose it. 
brisket. But if you can't afford it, don't. Don't. Which is classic money advice anyway, you know. (laughs) But but that's what this is, is that some people are going may do well. Mm. Mm. Um but then it's all going to turn on its head again. Mm. Mm. You know, this thing is switching back and forth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's about cryptocurrency again, you know, yeah. what more can happen with that? Yeah, that's such a classic symbol of Uranus in Taurus, isn't it? The, the you know, yeah. cryptocurrencies, cashless society, all of that. I mean, that's been a big theme of, of Uranus in Taurus. Um, and a big theme of this year is, you know, eclipses has been the, the, the sort of crashing around of cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, so, but let's move on. So, yeah, let's just mention that. Um, in case you missed it, Sally just mentioned it, the Jupiter sun trine mm. is very nice mm. um, at the, on the 31st of July. Yeah. So that's a lucky day in the midst of all this turmoil. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, isn't that lovely for kind of, you know, it happens on, it's at the weekend as well. So it's a really lovely combination for celebration and play and fun. And It's good for Sagittarians. I mean, I want to sort of mention that. I don't think we've even talked about this Sagittarius. Oh, we did a bit there, you know, the fiery (laughs) stuff. It's good for them. And therefore, you know, actually also probably quite good for Gemini too. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting some benefits here from this. Yeah. Um, You know, as far as Gemini goes, it's to do with um, probably to do with groups and to do with communications, what could be better for Gemini? Yeah, and there's also another date to mention, I think, for um, Gemini, which is the 23rd of July. That's when Mercury moves into Leo a couple of days before the sun. There's also trying Jupiter on that date. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's another nice – it's a nice date. You know, it's the um, – Mercury-Jupiter is great for kind of group things, studying. Yeah, I mean, I think all of this – you know, it's quite a good month for Gemini, really, mm. looking at it, uh, because a lot of the vol- volatility is in Taurus. It's in your 12th house. So it may be internal or kind of hidden, <laughs> hidden, but it doesn't. But but actually, the stuff going on, on the outside, your interactions with other people seem to be very positive. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Mercury moving into Virgo as well, early August. Yep. I mean, that happens on the 4th. So Mercury back in one of its signs of rulership where it remains throughout Leo's season as well. So, um, you know, for Virgo as well, when you've got Mercury in your star sign, that that's lovely. It means for Virgos, you can get your life a bit organized. And I mean, that's always, you know, I think Virgos like to feel like, okay, we're getting things orderly. <laughs> Everything's working out. I can focus on me a bit. I can look after myself. All of that is nice for, for Virgo. So yeah, getting things in order. So shall we look, look at the um, the that full moon? Let's. I'm just getting up. It's the full moon on the 12th of August. Are we going, we're going to look at this one, okay? For those, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you just keep listening, really. But it's um, we do do the video now and put it on YouTube for those I'll see if you, I can. who want to look at us and, <laughs> and sit with us as we're all chatting about astrology. Yes, so we've got the full moon on August the 12th, which is actually the same day that, um, well, Venus moves into Leo on August the 11th, the day before. So, you know, this Leo season is getting kind of a lot of um, Mercury's in Leo until August the 4th, then Venus moves into Leo on August the 11th. So, so again, this sort of emphasizes the, the fun side of Leo, actually. But we do have quite a tricky full moon. <laughs> She's there. Oh, it's uh, ups and downs in life, isn't it? I mean, really, yeah, it's tricky full moon. I would, you know, batten down the hatches. Um, it's a tricky full moon because it makes a square to Uranus, um, which a is con- a hard, hard aspect, and a conjunction to Saturn, and a conjunction to Saturn. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you know, that Saturn Uranus square that we kind of had forgotten about for a while. Hmm. Um, which has been so troublesome. Um, it's back, you know, it's back. Yeah, it is, it is back. It was the key planetary aspect of 2021. 
And yeah. they've kind of parted ways a little bit in the first half of 2022. But this full moon is awakening them again. And they do kind of make a closer, much closer square aspect. Um, it never perfects, but, you know, sort of October time before it moves away again. So the second yeah. half of the year, they're kind of back in action. The yeah, plant- it's close enough, you know. So, And this is about possibly restrictions, who knows it's it's been all of the lockdowns and stuff have really been associated with this particular aspect mm-hmm. of you know rules versus freedom and mm-hmm. we're back yeah know? yeah um, they're so different aren't they Saturn and yours they could not be more opposing forces really i mean except Saturn, they're both rule aquarius and that's well, true you have to look for the uh, you know, you have to look to Aquarius to figure out how to deal with this square. Mm. Hey, you know, Aquarius is the, and interestingly enough, if we look at the, um, at this, at this square, right, at this T square, which goes from the sun to the moon and Saturn to Uranus and the North Node, that's the T square. Uh, the, the, um, there's a missing leg also, or there's the South node leg, which is Scorpio. And that can also be helpful to think about how the Scorpio responds to all this. Mm. Um, And the Scorpio responds to all this with greater focus and force really. Um, And also Scorpio's planet ruling planet Mars is wrapped into it as well. Mm. All the fixed signs are really, you know, resonating with this. Mm. particular full moon mm. um, i mean I, I kind of want to you know this when you were talking about aquarius and having saturn and uranus as co-rulers actually this i'm just thinking about you need both saturn and uranus to be you know an incredible mind or a scientist or an inventor it's like you, you've got that that sort of breadth of knowledge and wisdom and expertise but you also have this ability to to take that and do something with it in the future. So, I mean, there is, you can see how they can work together. I think Um, they work together in astrology. I'll be honest with you. I think that astrology is a Saturn Uranus thing. You know, traditionally astrology is also associated with Mercury, but, you know, uh, astrology is about systems, right? That's a Saturn thing. And it's about thinking outside the box. That's a Uranian thing. And think, uh, and of being not being afraid to be different mm. um, and not being afraid to be uh, to actually disagree, I think, is a is a is a good part of astrology. Mm. Um, you know, you always worry when all astrologers agree on one thing. And I do wonder, I know I notice. I mean, this is something that has just kind of popped up on my social media feed recently about this Uranus North Node. Mm. Um, about it being a real uh, kind of renaissance for astrology. That's one way of showing of this Uranus North Node. Um, and, and apparently astrology is at the moment, because I just had someone talking to me about it this week, asking me about it, um, is going, astrology is going viral on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It's, well, that it's doesn't there's a load of a lot of people are really interested in it. And again, that's a showing that this Uranus North Node, isn't it? You know, it's it's here we yeah. have astrology going viral on technology. Yes, and of course it needs the restraint of the Saturn because is it just like the astrology of oh I'll just say whatever I want, which is yeah. a branch of astrology that we know well. Um, Agree. That, that's when you need the experience and the respect and the wisdom. I mean, we, we always we're often talking about the fact that you know to be a good astrology, you need years of learning astrology. You know, because you've got to gather all that wisdom and bring it with you. So yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And life experience, which Saturn is about life experience, isn't it? That you can't substitute the reading for experience. So that you know why you need both of those planets for astrology because as i said there's the astrology of say whatever you want which is kind of uranian like oh i kind of channeled it and i think that that's this really means blue apple um and then there's the actual learning and the structure yeah Uh, but that can also become too rigid as well because that's i find that's what's interesting on 
social media is the kind of, I think of them as the super rigid Saturnian astrologers. There's only this way to do it because it was written down in the fifth century. Um, that's, that's the way mm. um, by a guy. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's traditional, isn't it? Traditional astrology. Traditional. I mean, it's a clash of the two, which there's always been, and there'll always be people championing, championing um, the different different sides or, you know, the different disciplines. Yeah. I mean, so, so what a blooming fascinating full moon this is for Aquarius. Come on. Yeah. This could be a defining moment for Aquarius. You might have this sort of light bulb moment about, you know, who you are and and, and what you want to achieve. I mean, it could be really exciting, um, actually, for Aquarius, I think. It could be exciting and it also could be gloomy. I mean, I'll just, just to be a downer on this. <laughs> Of you know a moon Saturn conjunction, yeah. Okay, eh, eh, you know how good is that going to? How great is that going to be? Mm, well, so that, that does seem a little sad or lonely. Moon Saturn. I mean, the moon's emotions. Saturn represses limits, doesn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. You know. Or you could fit you. It could be one of those moments when you think no one understands me. I've got these brilliant genius ideas, but no one understands me. Exactly. You know, but you know that in the future you will be called a genius. <laughs> that's, my, <laughs> that's my way of interpreting it. Um, um, but you know, it's an interesting full moon, right? Uh, it's it it's super interesting for Torians, like because you're kind of exploding all over the place but you may find that some authority figure is preventing you from doing what you want. So yeah. there's this sense of wanting to do something, but being prevented. Yeah. Um, or you may just come to the end of a job. I, I'm not noticing with that Taurus one um, with it, with Taurus, you know, the Saturn and at the top of the chart. Mm. Um, and also ditto for, for, um, Leo, you know, it's an interesting, very, very interesting full moon mm. because it's something in your opposite sign, some emotional situation with a partner may have to, you know, there's a reality check there. This is mm. really what's happening. Um, but at the same time, your career may be taking off. Yeah. Yeah, it's I find it's a really interesting one. It does. It feels to me like there's, you know, particularly maybe for the fixed signs as well. It's so powerful. There's other people involved here, so mm-hmm. you may want to do something, but someone else is saying no, or there's other people's needs to take into account. And also with that Mars Uranus, you could find that there's another force that becomes like a catalyst or a trigger that 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 changes the situation anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it's a real, it's a lively full moon with a lot, lot going on. And you, it's not, it's not a full moon where you can just make your own decisions, I think, or, you know, because there's so many other, either people involved or situations, conflicting situations that also have to be taken into account. It feels quite complicated and complex, actually. And, and, and when the situation is likely to peak as well during this full moon. Yeah, I mean, and the person who's going to throw the party, I think it might be Capricorn throwing the party for this um, mm-hmm. this full moon, possibly splashing out and then feeling that they've spent too much. Mm. Um, okay. You know, um, Aries or Libra, I also like for throwing a party. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, it's it's definitely a tricky full moon, it seems to me. And there are forces pulling in different directions. Yeah. Um, some of which may be familiar because it's a repeat of that pattern. Mm. Mm. Um, so Sally, this month, volatile, it's another, yet another kind of month full of, of tension, but also possibility. Absolutely. Um, it, yeah, there's, it is, isn't it? I mean, there's I love that I love the new moon and the Jupiter and that kind of complete I mean that to me is anything is possible vibe um but as we move into August maybe it's just kind of running up against sort of obstacles and challenges and it's like can you overcome them or can't you you know it's 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 can you sort of clear the way 
to go yeah. on an amazing adventure or experience? Can you clear things out the way so you can take the potential of this new moon in Leo and the Jupiter and Aries and run with it? Because it's not going to be straightforward, that's for sure. It's not going to be a clear path ahead. Um, no, and you know, I'm just thinking about flying, you know, how the, this summer the flights have been already, you know, baggage everywhere, delays. Mm. Um, you know, it has not been easy. And, and, and flying is something that we associate with Uranus mm-hmm. and also with Aquarius. So it's interesting that there may, I think there may be, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I think there may be big delays around that full moon. Yeah, and, I mean, strikes, the, the rail in right. exactly. country, the rail are threatening to strike again. When you get this intense heat, then transport breaks down and, you know, there's fires. I mean, there's all sorts of, it is these, it's the external events that come in and stop you doing, you know, the things that you want to do that give you pleasure in a way. I mean, that's, and that's, we're learning to live with that a bit. And maybe this is the theme of the Saturn Uranus again. You know, you want to be, you want to go off and be wild and do your stuff. But here comes Saturn and says, actually, just hang on. This is possible, but that's not. Yeah. So, you know, and it's it's this constant needing to learn patience, which is Taurus. Learn patience, reorient your compass, be willing to try again. You know, don't give up either. Unless have you have plan, plan B and don't, uh, over, don't overcomplicate your plans. Yeah. So, you know, just on a really basic level for the coming month don't have you know 10 changes of flight you know don't have a complicated series of interconnections that you connections that you have to make mm. you know keep it simple mm. uh, because everything else is complicated yeah yeah no i think that's nice and just you know it is leo season so have fun as much as you can find the pleasure find yeah. the joy bring joy into other people's lives Just as you have brought joy into mine, Sally. A new mine, Christina. (laughs) Um, Good say Goodbye now. I think we we did. (laughs) Are we good? Are we done? Yeah, I think Uh, so. I hope that's been helpful to everyone. And we look forward to seeing you at Pencils at the Ready in Virgo season. (laughs) Yeah. See you next month. Take care. Bye. Bye.